Amen. The next step, this is uh, our sermon series for the month of January, the next step. If you've been saved for any amount of time, you know that the direction that God always takes his people is forward, is forward. God is always moving us forward, uh, even when he tells us to be still, and even when he tells us to wait, he's still moving us forward while we're serving, while we're praising God, while we're laboring. God is constantly taking us and moving us forward. There's those seasons where we'll seem to be like uh, God is opening doors and momentum is taking place and we're moving, and, and we just seem like, man, we caught the, the fire of the Holy Ghost. We're in the jet stream of the Holy Spirit, uh, and we're moving nonstop, right? And then there's those seasons where all of a sudden it just seems to come down to a slow, the momentum begins to get impeded, and we, 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 we say, God, what's going on? What's taking place? Momentum can be described as a strength or force that keeps growing or building by motion or a series of events. An example, like the movement was gaining momentum or his campaign was gaining momentum. And it seems like uh, we were experiencing a momentum. And then all of a sudden, COVID-19 kind of just stopped everything in its tracks, right? Not just in the church, but it seems like in the country, at our jobs, uh, with our family, it just seemed like it, it just kind of put a break on what was going on and what was taking place. And I think, for honest, we can say that we might have found ourselves saying, what's next, right? I know I was saying it like, what's next? What can possibly happen now? And, and I began to just think about that and, and what, by doing that, we put ourselves in a defensive mode, right? What's next? What's going to happen now? What's going to take place next? And, and I thank God for this series because taking the next step, it puts us in the uh, 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 offensive, offensive, right? It, it makes us from a place of victory. What's the next step? What do we do from here? Where do we go from here? So instead of saying what's next, we're saying what's next. Like the boxer who just knocked out his opponent. What does he say? Who's next? Right? That's the mindset we're going to have today. That's the mindset that I hope that uh, we can convey across. And that's the, the title of my message today is a focused mindset. The book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. This is our series uh, text, and I'm using it for this message as well. And it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. If we can just pray for this evening's uh, message. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, that brings encouragement, that brings strength, that brings comfort. Father, I ask and pray that right now, Father God, Lord, you would just uh, move and minister, Heavenly Father God. That good seed would be planted on good soil, Father God, and that there would be a reaping tonight, Lord, of souls, my God. We ask and pray that, Father God, Lord, you would encourage us through your word, Father God, Lord, and you would help us uh, to see as you would have us to see, Father God. That our eyes and our minds would be focused on you, Lord, not on our cares, not on our worries, not on our troubles, but focused on you, Lord, the most high, Father God. Father, I just thank you for all that you're going to do tonight, Lord. 
in the name of your son, Jesus, we all say amen. Amen. There will be times where our momentum will seem to be impeded, where it, our momentum will seem to come to a, almost a stop. You know, but it's important that we recognize the season that we're in and we recognize and remember the God that we serve. And to not stay still and not stay stagnant, but to keep going forward for Christ, right? You ever been around water that's stagnant? What happens is that water begins to smell and it begins to, uh, it's polluted and mosquitoes begin to grow in stagnant water, Right? But not so with the things of God. Remember the Bible says, uh, that, what, that song we used to sing? I got a river of life flowing out of me, right? I got a river of life. That's the 90s. If you've been around, that's, you know that song, right? But what were we singing is there was something flowing through me. There's something moving through me. And that's the presence and the spirit of God. And if you've ever been around a river, rivers don't stand still. Rivers are constantly moving forward. Sir Isaac Newton, the physicist, the scientist that uh, discovered gravity and the laws of motion, in his first law of motion states that a body at rest will remain at rest unless an outside force acts on it. And a body in motion at a consistent velocity will remain in motion in a straight line unless acted upon by an outside force. Can I tell you that? God loves us too much to allow us to stand still. That God has invested so much in our lives that uh, to stand still is not an option. That God is going to continue to move us forward. And as he's moving us forward, what's he doing? He's pushing back the enemy. As he's given us that next step of victory, as he's given us that next step of, of triumph, what is he doing? Is he's pushing back the enemy. He's pushing back your struggle. He's pushing back whatever trial you might find yourself in tonight. It's just that momentum to keep moving forward. There's a reason why in this past year we've noticed that the gospel has been under attack, right? Churches have been... Um, put under a lot of restrictions and restraint, and there's a reason why. It's because the message of the gospel brings life. The message of the gospel brings healing. The message of the gospel brings encouragement. The message of the gospel brings faith, right? The Bible says that our faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word, and, and there's a reason why the enemy has assaulted the gospel this past year, why he has assaulted the church this past year. Because there's a world out there that desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Any project uh, that we begin that's worthwhile will experience challenges. It will experience obstacles and delays and even setbacks. But the important thing is that we stay focused. That we focus on our purpose. Focus on your purpose. You might be saying, what's my purpose? I hear that a lot, but what is my purpose? In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Right here, the Bible tells us that our purpose 
is to know and to love God. Amen. We're created to have a relationship with God. God isn't some distant being uh, out there in the cosmos, but God is very personal and he's very intimate and he's very close to you and I. The Bible says that uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, that we can have a relationship with God. I think one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my life was to give my life to Jesus. But the next relationship that, or the next best decision I've ever made was to marry my wife. These two decisions have to, be, have to deal with um, relationships, my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife. And from these two relationships have stemmed all my blessings, all my joy, all the good things in my life. But I tell you what, probably the two hardest relationships I've ever had to maintain. And the reason why is because every relationship may, requires work. The Bible says we work out our own salvation, right, with fear and trembling. And so the relationship with God needs to be daily attended to, daily in prayer, daily in the word, daily in seeking the presence of God. Why? It's because how else will we get to know God? We can't go off of what other people have said and what we've heard about, but to know God intimately and personally for ourselves. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, 37, and 39, Jesus adds to that in Deuteronomy, because you and I, we were never meant to serve God alone. We need one another. We need the encouragement of one another. I tell you what, it's a blessing to see people coming out into the house of God. It's a blessing to see people in the tent. It's a blessing to see that, hey, the doors are open. I know where I want to be. We need the encouragement and the strength of one another. And Jesus was saying, um, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of times we'll find our purpose by helping other people find their purpose. I think about focus, right? The nonprofit that we have here, F-O-C-I-S, Family Outreach and Community Intervention Services. What is FOCUS? FOCUS is our nonprofit that gets us into areas that might be closed off to the church. It gets us into the juvenile halls, into the camps, into the courts, uh, into different areas that might be closed to a church. And because of FOCUS, uh, people that are dealing with uh, a substance abuse can find recovery, right? People that are experiencing some kind of domestic violence, uh, you know, they can get help through focus. People that are having uh, issues in court and, and in marriage counseling or parent classes uh, or even the at-risk youth, there's a home for them. Focus has opened their doors so that they can encourage and they can help and they can uh, let people know that uh, there is an answer and that it, things don't always have to be that way. And, and focus started by just a, a group of people that just wanted to help and say, how can we get our foot into the door that would normally be closed off to a church? What were they doing? They were fulfilling their purpose. They were fulfilling their mission. They were making themselves available. In fulfilling the purpose to love God and to love others, God will establish and desire and a destiny in your life. Maybe God has placed in your heart a desire to, to get a degree. 
So you take the classes and, and uh, you know, I mean, you know that uh, majors, they change, right? You can major in one thing and you start taking classes and you realize, I think I like this better and your major changes. And, and then you realize that this is where I want to go and this is the direction I want to go into. This is the field I want to begin to study. And maybe you have a desire to teach or preach the gospel. And I tell you that that's a good desire. That's not a desire that the enemy placed in your life, right? Uh, that's not a desire, man, uh, that, uh, that just comes out. Of, that's a desire that God has placed in your heart. And, and if that desire is in your heart, then get involved in ministry. Get involved in serving. Get involved in, in, in whatever it takes. And, and just allow yourself to be submitted under God. And God will raise you up. And God will open those doors. You don't have to worry about uh, being a Bible scholar. Just be a faithful individual, faithful man or woman of God, and God will begin to give you revelation and begin to show you and, and begin to lift you up. I like what Mark Twain said. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. I know in my life, my purpose is to serve God. I was born to serve God. I was born to know God. I was born to love God. He's my passion. He's my desire. He's, he's my everything. And can I tell you, though, that along the way, though, the enemy will always try to detour you away from your purpose. Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus when the detours come or when the diversions come or when the distractions come. Keep your eyes focused. The other day, uh, we were driving, and this car was stopped in the middle lane, and... Um, Confession time. I was in the flesh. I was honking at them. Why are you stopping in the middle lane? And the car was waiting for a, a clear, and he passed, and he went, switched the lane. And as I went forward, somebody had put a detour sign right smack in the middle of the road, right? There was no detour. There was no pothole. There was no detour. Some practical joker picked the sign and put it right smack in the middle of the road, and what did he do? He detoured everybody. He got me upset. And I had a, man, I felt kind of silly afterwards because here I am honking at this person. It wasn't even their fault, man. But that's what the enemy will always try to do is put that detour. You know, as you got that momentum and as you're going forward, he wants to put that detour sign. Go around, go away. Why? Because he's trying to keep you uh, from fulfilling the will of God in your life. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to keep your eyes uh, not on God but on other things. And it's important that we stay focused, that we ask God, give us spiritual eyes so that we can see. I think if anything, 2020 and COVID-19 has caused you and I to maybe focus on the wrong things, to focus on that which uh, is bringing disappointment or disillusion or discouragement or to focus on, it's easy to focus on the social media and the media that's out there and, and to be diverted and to not focus and not keep our eyes fully attentive unto God. Yes, the things seem to be crazy and yes, things seem to be out of whack, uh, but God is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. God is consistent. His nature is consistent. His provision is consistent. His faithfulness is consistent. It doesn't change no matter what's going outside, no matter what's going on in, in this world. God remains the same. 
He's that comfort for you and I. And where man's systems will fail, Jesus will never fail. Right? The Bible says that we are to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Right? What does that mean? It means that God has a plan and a purpose for you and I. And the enemy will try to distract us from that. But there is a reason why God created us. There's a reason why we walk through those doors. There's a reason uh, why somebody came up to us and spoke to us the good news of Jesus Christ. One of the names of God is Emmanuel. God with us. Think about that. God is with you and I. God is with us today. He's with us right now, right? And what a blessing that God has made himself available to you and I. That God isn't distant and he's not foreign and we don't have to take a number when trying to get a hold of God. Uh, whenever we're in any kind of situation or we can right there, right where we're at, to uh, make an altar and say, God, I need you to get involved here. I need your help. I need your strength, God. Not too long ago, I was trying to get a live operator from our bank. And it was one of the most frustrating experiences. Something happened with one of our debit cards, and we were trying to get a hold of the bank. And every time we'd get a hold of the bank, uh, we'd get uh, that voicemail and touch one, touch two, and, and then uh, enter your passcode. Uh, I don't know the passcode. What's the passcode? Didn't you make a passcode? Next thing you know, we were all just on edge, right? We needed assistance. We needed help. And that was the farthest thing that they were offering. But God is always there, man. He's always personable. The Bible says in Psalms 46.1 that God is our refuge and strength, a tested help in times of trouble. What does that mean? Is that you can depend on God, that you can depend on his word. You can depend on God coming through. See, what we see as difficulties, God sees as opportunities. Right? He sees an opportunity for him to be glorified, right? You know, when we find ourselves going through a difficulty, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I thank you in advance, God. You've never failed me yet, Lord. I don't think you're going to start, God. And I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to make a way where there is no way. What are you doing? You're building your faith and you're glorifying God, you know? And those difficulties are opportunities for, for God to reveal his faithfulness. Right? How do we know if he's faithful? Because we see him meet our needs. And those difficulties cannot be opportunities for God to open a door that we would have never imagined. I don't know how God is, what he's doing in the midst of all of this. But I tell you what, man, I really believe that the furtherance of the gospel is going to take place. In the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 through 17, it says, And I want you to know this, dear brothers. This is the Apostle Paul writing here. Everything that has happened to me here has been a great boost in getting out the good news concerning Christ. For everyone around me here, including all the soldiers over at the barracks, knows that I am in chains simply because I am a Christian. And because of my imprisonment, many of the Christians here seem to have lost the fear of chains. Somehow my patience has encouraged them. And they have become more and more bold in telling others about Christ. 
Here we see the Apostle Paul. He's in prison. He's awaiting his trial. And it's easy to, it would have been easy for him to say, why do you have me here, God? What's going on here? Why? I did nothing wrong. I'm innocent in all of this. But he understood that God was going to do something. And because of those chains that he was in, those physical chains that he was in, he was able to minister to soldiers. He was able to encourage other Christians that they would not be afraid of, of what man could do to them. And what did he do because of his faith and because of uh, him being sensitive to God and allowing God to use him, the gospel was being spread. The gospel was being put out there. The gospel was entering into uh, Roman soldiers' homes. Think about that. There was a revival taking place there. Not to mention that he also wrote the book of Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians during this time. I tell you what. That's the focused mindset that you and I need to have. That in the midst of it, we could still honor and labor for God. I tell you, there's times where I find myself where I don't want to be, like, right, just going through things. And oftentimes it's like, hey, God, how can you use me here? Oftentimes it's, Lord, get me out of this. Deliverance already, God. Deliverance already. But God will not lead us where he hasn't already gone ahead of us. Where, where are you at today? What, what are you going through today? Can I tell you, God is already there. God has already gone ahead of you. God is already making that rough road smooth, as the Bible says, that crooked road straight. What, what trial do you find yourself in tonight that God, that God can't do something about it, that God can't pull you through? The God that we serve is faithful, and he's able. Amen? The God that we serve is able. Throughout the scripture, we can see example after example after example where the people of God were at their end of their rope, and God, we got the enemy behind me. We got this ocean in front of us. What are we going to do? And God makes a way. He'll do that in your life as well. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He is with you and I wherever we find ourselves to be, right? I like that. I think it's a psalm or Proverbs says, if I make my bed in hell, God is there with, us, with me. What does that mean? It means that God will never leave nor forsake you and I, that he's with us. Uh, he is with us. He sticks closer than a brother. And he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you're coming up against. Don't be afraid of what you're about to go through. Don't be afraid of what the media is telling you. Don't be afraid about what your neighbors are telling you. I am with you wherever you go because I'm leading you. I'm taking you by the hand. I think in this year, 2021, God's going to challenge us, every one of us, to get out of our comfort zone. You know, maybe new doors will open up. Uh, maybe new opportunities will open up. Uh, things that we might not have uh, experienced before. And God's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be hesitant. I'm taking you. I'm taking you somewhere. Maybe the comfort zone is, is just coming back into the house of God. And I understand there's a real sickness out there. There's, a, there's a, a disease, and we've all been impacted by it. We know people who have been affected by it. Some have even contracted it, and, and I get it. And I get it. But what if this sickness continues? 
What if COVID-19 goes another year? We're still Christians. We still serve a living God. We still serve a God who's a healer. We still serve a God that is the great physician. God is not afraid of any sickness or any disease. God delivered my wife from cancer. He delivered some of you here from cancer, from diabetes, from sickness. What is, what's impossible for God? The Bible says nothing. Nothing. We still serve the risen king. He defeated death. He defeated sin and sickness. Our God is an awesome God, and we got to remember that, church. We've got to remember who we serve. Who is our Lord? Who is our Savior? His name is Jesus. And the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even COVID-19 will confess that Jesus is Lord. The Bible is still our authority. It is still our authority. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 25, it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Christ is coming back for his church. Jesus is going to come back, amen. And if he's coming back, we better be living like he's coming back. We better be found working. We better be found serving. We better be found praising him. We better be found ready for the, for the groom to come back for his church. I like what Billy Graham said. So wind this down here. He said, Bible teaching about the second coming of Christ was thought of as a doomsday preaching, but not anymore. It is the only ray of hope that shines as an ever-brightening beam in a darkening world. Church, we have eyes, we have ears, we see, we hear what's going on. This, it's, the world is getting dark. The hatred and the anger, the fear, the anxiety that's out there right now, I get it, I understand, we go through it. But that ray of hope, man, is the good news of Jesus Christ, that no matter what comes against us, he is with us, and he is for us, that he is Jesus, man. We need one another, church. We need one another. We need each other. We need to spiritually lock arms with one another and hold one another in prayer and check up and follow up on, with one another. I know that one thing that this this disease has done is it's divided people, right? Physically, as well as in difference of opinion. In church, we need to be united in Christ. We need to be together in Christ and one in Christ and encouraging one another. I tell you what, it's encouraging to see the body of Christ in the house of God. This is where we belong, it's our birthright, man. This is what God has given us, uh, the ability to come and to worship together. And I tell you what, on that day of judgment, I'm not going to be standing before the governor or the mayor. We're going to be standing before Christ. We're going to be standing before God, and he's going to say, what did you do with my son? We don't have to answer to man. We answer to the living God, and we want to be faithful and what he has given us to do. I'm trying to encourage us here tonight, church. 
not trying to make us feel bad or anything, trying to encourage us. The Bible says we need to stir the gift that's within us. Stir it up, stir it up, right? What happens when a fire is starting to, to dim down? You, can, you put more wood on that fire, right? You put more fuel and you let that fire burn. We're the church of God, amen? The book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 5 and 7. It says, may God who gives this patient and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As, as if we can have the worship team come up. I want to close with the story of Blind Bartimaeus. Story of Blind Bartimaeus is uh, he was this blind beggar that was on the road that Jesus happened, happened to be traveling on. Jesus was on his way to Jericho. He was on his way somewhere. And the news of Jesus coming got the attention of blind Bartimaeus. You can find it in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 and 52. And as he heard Jesus approaching, approaching, he began to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He began to get louder and louder. And, and a lot of people there began to tell him, quiet down, man. You're getting too loud. They tried to shut him down and shut him up. And his attitude, his mindset was so focused on Jesus and, 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 and making sure that Jesus, that he got Jesus' attention, that even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He got louder when everybody was telling him to get quieter. They came to him and they said, well, you got what you wanted. Here comes Jesus. Jesus says, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Comes up to him. What do you want me to do in your life? What do you want me to, to do in your life right now? And he says, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. I want to see. Jesus tells him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And he immediately, he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road I like that story because I think that this is where we're at right now as a church not just New Harvest Norwalk but the church of God in whole is that when the world is saying stop worshiping stop getting together stop praising God we got to be even more louder Jesus have mercy God Jesus, need you now more than ever. Jesus, I'm right here. God, we're right here, Lord God. And it got the attention of Jesus, and he met his need. And I tell you what, God's going to get, we're going to get God's attention, and he's going to meet our need, and he's going to move on our behalf as a body, as individuals, as a church, man. 2021 is our year. We could have every head bowed and every eye closed.